How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for Healthcare Professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. The infinite banking strategy is a safe way to increase your wealth, therefore your financial security, with less risk and almost no risk because it is not invested in a volatile stock market. Infinite banking is not a product. It is an idea, a concept that uses whole life insurance as the backbone. Infinite banking is a strategy designed to help you gain control over your money. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is How Is My Financial Health Talk podcast, and I'm your host, uh, Vukia Tran. Welcome back, and this time we're going to be talking about a strategy and a concept that is very new to, I would say, 99% of us. This is the perfect time to talk about this topic because we've gone through a whole series talking about the different insurances. And we did a recent podcast on whole life insurance. And this is a natural progression of that discussion. Okay, so I will not hold you guys hostage any longer. What we're going to be talking about today is a way to control your money and a way to have uh, money in perpetuity using the concept and idea of uh, infinite banking or the idea of banking on yourself. There's two different names, but essentially is the same idea and same strategy. So to uh, engage in that discussion, I've uh, also invited my good friend uh, Terry to the show so that he can be a uh, uh, expert uh, in this arena and try to explain to us how these things work. And so uh, I would like to uh, give a, a well warm welcome to uh, my friend Terry here. Hi, Vu. I'm here. How are you doing this morning? Thank you, Terry, for uh, being on the show. I know you've got lots of things to do and lots of clients to attend to. So I really appreciate you being here today. And today we're going to be uh, just continuing our talk on insurances, but we're going to be tackling the concept of infinite banking. And so I hope you're uh, up to the challenge today because it's going to be something that needs a lot of explanation. Uh, locked and loaded, ready to go. Let's do this. Okay, great. So before we begin, I the reason why I'm thinking of this infinite banking uh, strategy is because I want people to break from the common mold, which is the common mold of being stuck in the uh, working hamster treadmill. But also another mold that we're always stuck behind is the fact that we finance or we pay cash for every purchases that we make in life. So if I have uh, a need for a car or I either go buy a car or I go and lease a car, but either way, I have to pay cash or I have to finance it. And the same goes for a vacation. I either pay cash 
or I borrow money so that I can go on vacation and then have to pay back that loan. The same thing for a house. I either pay cash for a house, which I can never do because it's too expensive. But then again, I also have to finance it. So everything, every purchase that we make in life, we either pay in cash or we finance. So you may ask, then what's the point you're trying to make, Vu? Well, the point that I'm trying to make is that when we pay with cash, I have to accumulate cash. I have to spend time working, making the money, accumulate the cash, and then pay it all down to acquire the product that I want. So by the time I acquire my product, I have to use my cash and my cash comes to zero. The same goes for financing. So if again, using the example of the car, if I want to purchase a car, I go to the dealership or I go to the bank, get a loan uh, and then purchase my car. And then once I have my car, I now have to pay down that loan or pay down that finance. And at the end, uh, my cash value ends down to zero, but I now have a car. But in the case of a car, I have a depreciating asset. So either way, whether I use cash where I have to accumulate it upfront and then deplete it over time, or if I have to finance, I have to get the cash upfront and pay it down over time. Either way, at the end, I get a product, but my cash value has gone to zero. And so this is the cycle that we always end up doing because this is the only cycle that we know how to do. We've never been taught another way of going about it. And there are alternatives. And this is why we're talking about infinite banking today. As the name suggests, it's infinite. It never reaches zero and it will not reach zero. And the banking and the money is there infinitely and meaning it will never deplete over time, therefore never reaching the value of zero. And this is the concept that I would like to discuss today and share with you. One of the beauties of this strategy and concept is the fact that me, the individual, you, the individual, is always in control of your money. If you think about it currently in society, the people who control the money are, in the, are the institutions, for example, the banks. If I need to have access to money, I either have to work uh, long hours to uh, attain and accumulate that cash, or in the case of, for example, purchasing a car, purchasing a house, I make a little bit of money, accumulate a little bit of money, and then leverage it with the bank. But that means I have to go and access the money from the bank and make an application to the bank. The problem with that is that in this scenario, the bank is in control of the access. The bank is in control of the money. And so how many of you have experienced this scenario? And I have experienced this scenario very recently. I went to a major bank and requested to have a line of credit. So I applied for a line of credit. So the bank has asked me for two years financial statement, asked for my notice of assessment, asked for my T1 general, uh, requested that I name my third son after the bank and almost had to donate a kidney. And after all that process that took about three, four weeks, 
I was eventually declined. And so in this particular scenario where the bank controls the money, you are not in control of the money. And this concept of infinite banking is the reverse of that. You are now in control of the access to your money and the money that you have built up. And so for these two reasons, um, these, this concept of infinite banking or bank on yourself becomes much, much more attractive. And we will discuss this with Terry today. This concept has been developed by a gentleman named Nelson Nash when he wrote his book in 2000. And the book is called Becoming Your Own Banker, Unlock the Infinite Banking Concept. And this was written in 2000, but yet it still hasn't reached mainstream financial advising. Um, and even at the time, uh, this concept was a new paradigm shift in managing money. Another author called Pamela Yellen has written about a similar concept called Bank on Yourself. And in 2014, she published a book of that same name, Bank on Yourself. Essentially, this concept is very much the same as the infinite banking concept. And we're going to describe it in detail here. As you can see, similar to medicine, knowledge translation takes many years to develop. Uh, and so similarly, uh, it has taken 17 to 20 years for this concept to come to the mainstream. And I would argue that this concept still has not made it to the mainstream. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I would agree with you wholeheartedly there, Vu. Um, it is. Uh, it's something again. You mentioned, uh, you know, people's perception of finances and how they manage their finances, and they're still kind of stuck in that system where it is centralized mainly around the banks, and the banks control, you know, people's thoughts and approaches to managing their finance and uh so you know it's very it's, it's great that you're doing a podcast like this today to educate people and it's it's amazing to me that you know the the first book on this was written 20 years ago and we're still getting up to speed trying to translate that knowledge to the general public this whole concept is really based on uh the cash value that is sitting inside a whole life. So a product that we talked about in the past. So to really understand uh, infinite banking or bank on yourself, we must understand cash value sitting inside a whole life policy. And this is where I would like to deep dive again into that uh, product and maybe get a little synopsis before we move on to what really is the concept. So Terry, Help us uh, re-understand what is whole life and what is cash value. So let, let's review then. So let's ask the question, what is participating whole life insurance? Well, number one, first and foremost, it's life insurance. So when you die, your family or your business or even a charity receives the payout, which is the death benefit. Number two, it's yours to, for life. So whatever amount of life insurance you buy is guaranteed to stay in effect for your lifetime and the premium payments are guaranteed as well. 
So they won't go up no matter what your age. Uh, number three, it helps you actually help you grow your wealth. So over time, your life insurance policy builds a cash value. You have guaranteed access to these funds, which you can use in many ways in your lifetime. Number four, it has tax advantages. Your policy's cash value grows tax-free while inside the policy. When you die, the people and or organizations you've named receive the payout tax-free as well. Number five, it can give you potential dividends. You can use those dividends in many ways. You can buy additional insurance coverage, which also may increase your cash value, or you, if you decide you can reduce or even stop premium payments. Your dividends will pay for that as cash. Number six, it offers flexibility. So we know everyone's situation is different, and that's why participating whole life insurance gives you many options which you can customize based on your needs. Number seven, which pertains to the topic we're talking about today, it can be used as a loan. You can borrow with interest back your policy's cash value and eventually pay it back. And then number eight, it's bringing it full circle. It helps you protect your life ones. So you can actually buy participating life insurance on yourself or even others. Thank you, Terry. For the discussion, we're going to be focusing on the cash value here because this is what makes the infinite banking or bank on yourself strategy work. So let's talk about what is cash value. So cash value is the value in your policy, your whole life policy, that you can access during your lifetime. It's guaranteed to grow over time as your policy's cash value grows, the increased total is also guaranteed. So for instance, if the market falls, your cash value is protected. It can't be reduced or used unless you authorize it or you've agreed to that in your policy. So when we talk about cash values, then normally there are two options. You've got early versus delayed cash value. And many carriers that offer participating whole life insurance will offer two. There's one carrier out there, they, they have a term for it, it's called wealth achiever versus estate achiever. So let's look at the wealth achiever, which is the early value. So what's an advantage of an early value or wealth achiever product? Well, your cash values are going to be higher in the policy's early years. A disadvantage is your policy is not expected to grow as quickly in the later years. Now, the estate achiever, that's where you have delayed value in your policy. So your cash values are higher in later years, generally after about 20 years or so. But your policy's early growth is less. So over time, it's expected to grow quicker. Terry, I think you meant uh, higher, not quicker. So in the wealth achiever, uh, you have early cash value, but slightly lower um, overall death benefit versus in the estate achiever, you have lower uh, early cash value, 
but higher total death benefit. I think that's what you meant, correct? That's correct, Vu. That's a, that's a good wrap on that uh, point. So this is important to understand uh, because a lot of the criticism by people who promote term life is the fact that people say that, you know, it's very expensive. And, you know, to be honest, uh, whole, whole life participating life is more expensive than term life. And another uh, criticism is that uh, you don't break even till very late. And so you put a lot of money in and you don't see cash value building up. And that's one of the major criticism. But if we're using the uh, estate uh, achiever strategy, then of course the criticism will stand because you have lower early cash value, but higher total death benefit, which makes the break even point uh, later on. So in most policies, the break even in a estate achiever is somewhere between seven to 10 years. But in the wealth achiever, which is the early cash value strategy, it is built so that cash value is higher initially. And so therefore, in this particular strategy, the break even point is earlier, somewhere between four to five years, depending on the carrier. And so for the infinite strategy, uh, infinite banking strategy, we're focusing really on the wealth achiever strategy and not so much the estate achiever strategy. Yeah, that's a very good point, Vu. And uh, one thing I just add is that the break evens can be quite different for younger holders of these policies versus older clients. So that if, for example, for a 50-year-old male non-smoker, you may see on the break-even for the 20 pay out of year eight on the wealth achiever versus the estate achiever, which is gonna have a break-even point at about year 17. So there can be, it's very individualized. Okay, thank you, Terry, for that. Uh, and it's very important that we understand cash value of uh, sitting inside a participating life insurance policy because the entire strategy uh, is built around the amount of cash value here. And we can definitely uh, modify the cash value strategy based on what we want to do. In the case of infinite banking, uh, we want early cash value. So in this particular uh, scenario, we want a uh, wealth achiever type of um, cash value strategy. So now that we've talked a lot about cash value, let's just define what infinite banking or bank on yourself strategy is. First and foremost, this is not a product. It is not a service. It is not something that you buy. It is a strategy. It is a financial and a saving strategy. It's an idea. It's a concept. So please don't get it wrong. This is not a product. So really, infinite banking concept is about using your own assets for big cash needs instead of loans from a bank or other creditors. Really, the life insurance policy and the cash value acts like a high-growth savings account. That's what we're using the cash value and the life insurance for, as a high-rate savings account. When you pay a premium 
on a whole life participating policy, you build up that cash value, which can be borrowed against it or it could be collateralized against it. And so when you have that money sitting in that policy, you can use that for any use that you desire. So as an example, it could be used as an emergency fund. It could be used as a opportunity fund at some point for you to uh, invest in a business, invest in real estate, invest in whatever you desire. Uh, it could be used for big ticket items. For example, a car, a yacht, a house, uh, a long vacation. And finally, the cash value sitting in there, if it has been long enough, it could be used as an et a retirement fund. And this is a retirement fund that is tax sheltered and tax free if you're collateralizing it to get a line of credit. And so infinite banking is about using your own assets in the way that you want it, accessible anytime you want it. So those are very good points, Hu. And one other thing I'd like to add to that, and why this, why the participating whole life policy is such a great product for the concept that we're discussing today is because of its stability. Uh, the fact that the guarantees are baked in, you have guaranteed payouts, guaranteed premium payments, and guaranteed cash values. The other side to that is you have downside risk protection, meaning once those uh, returns have been baked into the product, they're guaranteed, they're vested. It's only going one way, it's only going up. It may not go up at the same rate, but it's always advancing, not you're not going to see the same volatility as you would in the, you say, the, the U.S. equity markets or the, even the Canadian equity markets. You're going to very have very solid, careful, and smoothed out returns. Yes, Terry. So to that point, you mentioned uh, in our last podcast on participating life that most carriers will give somewhere between 5.25 to 6.35 uh, percent in dividends. And so as long as they're giving dividends and as long as they've been given, those dividends stay and they never go, uh, unlike the market. If the market crashes by 25% um, and you got the dividend of 5.25%, you still kept it and your asset and cash value never goes down. That is a, a very good point. Yes, that, that's exactly correct. And even though those dividends may vary, the companies, the Canadian carriers have a very solid history of providing dividends. In fact, one of them is even, they paid dividends out since 1848. Think about that. They paid dividends out through the First World War, the Great Depression, the Second World War, the end of the Second World War, the Vietnam War, the oil crisis, the 81 recession, and so on and so forth. They paid dividend through all those ups and downs which I think is pretty solid. You forgot to mention the 2008 uh, crash uh, that affected the entire world uh, and also the 2019 crash that affected uh, North America. And also uh, with COVID, God knows what's going to happen. Uh, we're probably going to see another crash uh, coming soon. And so 
hopefully that the uh, insurance carriers will continue to pay dividends uh, in that same period. Yeah, that's a very good point, Vu. And just to follow up on your mention of the 2008 financial crisis, one company, one Canadian carrier paid out $883 million in dividends during that period. So that's pretty stable, if you ask me. Okay, so now let's jump into the mechanistics of how to implement and how to use this. So as we understand, we have the cash value sitting inside that uh, participating life policy. And so the way we could access that money is three ways. We can either withdraw from that cash value. We can borrow with the insurance company uh, that amount of cash value or whatever amount you choose to take. Or you can collateralize it and secure it against a line of credit with a third-party institution, either a bank or another creditor. This being said, because we want to keep this cash value growing indefinitely, we absolutely do not recommend that you withdraw from the cash value. So you can borrow or the best would be to collateralize it against a line of credit with a third-party institution. And when you do that, the, the line of credit is a loan, and so therefore it is not taxable. And this is one strategy to access your own money without having to pay income tax on that money that is being accessed. Because you are leaving that money inside the cash value and all you're doing is borrowing or all you're doing is collateralizing it against a line of credit, the cash value is still sitting inside the policy to grow uh, compounded interest. And so therefore, this is where it breaks that cycle of cash financing down to zero cycle because the cash value is still inside the policy growing at the interest rate compounded and so it never comes out and because it never comes out it never goes down to zero and so you're breaking that cycle where you come down to zero if you're using cash or if you're using other methods of financing and this is the power of cash value using a infinite banking strategy. So that those are all very good points, Vu, and you covered that off very nicely. The the one thing or a couple things I would add for the 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 third party loan or line of credit is that when you bring that policy to that lender, those lenders will loan up to 90% of the cash value in your policy. So if you compare that to a house which is somewhere in the 65 to 80% range, if they'll give you the loan, if you qualify, because there's going to be lots of other factors in qualifying for that loan, the whole life policy is 90%. At the end of the day, really no questions asked. The other thing about that as well is that when you do take that loan out, depending on what you're using that loan for, the interest on that loan could be tax deductible. 
You are absolutely right. If you take that um, line of credit and you're using that amount of money to reinvest either in a market, either in a business or even in a, a real estate, a investment real estate, the interest is 100% tax deductible. So to really simplify this and dumb it down, what really this is, is using the cash value sitting inside your life policy in exchange for a revolving line of credit that you could use over and over and over again, uh, as long as you pay down that line of credit, which we would anyways. But at the same time, using that cash value sitting inside that policy to continue to grow um, compounded interest uninterrupted. So now you get to have your cake and eat it too. You can have access to your money, but still have your money work for money instead of you working for money. So using your dollar bills and having your dollar bills maximize its potential. So you get the best of both worlds, having your cake and eat it too. And really the best part of it is that you control it, not the bank. And you don't rely on the bank and don't have to rely on the bank. So essentially, we can say bye-bye to the bank if we wanted to. Those are great points, Vu, and really the beauty of this concept. So now we understand the definition of infinite banking, uh, and we also know how it works. Now let's just try to understand the pros and cons of this particular uh, strategy. We'll start with the disadvantages. So one of the biggest con for this concept is first having to acquire that participating life insurance. So one needs to qualify for that and not everybody qualifies for life insurance or not everybody qualifies for a great premium on a life insurance policy. You also have to keep the policy in force and which means that it's a 10 year, 20 year uh, commitment or even a lifetime commitment if you chose that package. And so it does require strict discipline to put money in year after year for 10, 20 years or a lifetime. And so it is not something that you want to cancel midway. So it does take a lot of discipline. Finally, uh, the premiums are not small. In comparison to a term life insurance policy, the premiums for participating life are nine to 10 times higher. But as we can understand, it comes with a whole lot of benefit and um, it comes with cash value, which the term life does not. And finally, for this to work, it has to be implemented for a long period of time to see it worthwhile, to see the worthwhile results. This is a strategy for long-term saving. This is not a short-term investment strategy. This is not a magic bullet to become rich overnight. And so for most of us who are uh, in the healthcare profession, um, we have a good stable salary. And so we're not really looking for the magic bullet where we risk it all. We're looking for something that provides good growth, stable, guaranteed and long-term that provides long-term worthwhile results while having those results work for us as well during our lifetime. 
And so it does take time, but time is on your side, especially if you want to use the power of compounding. So for me, this particular strategy definitely leverages the power of uninterrupted compounded interest. So very good points, Fu. And I, I think in terms of, you know, using this strategy and planning for the long term, like you say, it takes a great deal of commitment and perseverance. And I think if you use this strategy for obtaining long, even early or long-term goals, it helps you stay focused. So to keep in mind that if you have a goal, whether it be in the early going, using the cash value to help grow your business, if you're a business person, or say in the medium term, you have you want to use the money to fund your children's education, or in the long term, just for a very wonderful retirement, if you factor in those, you know, those objectives or goals into the strategy, it'll help you stay focused. Uh, and that's what it's really going to take in the long term. Thank you for bringing, bringing us back to that. Uh, and it's very important because it ties with very nicely with the concept of financial planning. And so the infinite banking strategy is definitely a long-term financial planning uh, strategy as well. And so we don't do this for short-term gain and we don't do this for short-term investment. This is long-term and when we talk about long-term, we absolutely need to mention about planning. So thank you for bringing that up because that is a very important point. So I really wanted to end this discussion on a very positive and good note. Uh, and so that's why we're going to talk about the pros of this particular concept and idea. So one of the first, first uh, pros is that one, this is a tax-free strategy. The money sitting inside that cash value is sheltered from tax. When you take it out as a line of credit, that is also tax-free. And again, as mentioned by Terry, depending on what you do with that money, if, it's, if it is invested, the interest paid on that loan is also tax deductible. And so anything that is tax-free, I would love. The second um, advantages that I find is that you are now leveraging time and leveraging uninterrupted compounded interest. And we're talking somewhere between 5.25 to 6.35% compounded year after year. And remember, this is tax-free. So if you think about it, it may actually be uh, pre-tax 10 or 11% of return on investment. Another huge advantage of this strategy is uh, is that we are in control of our money. We are in control of the access of the money. You are no longer subject uh, to the banks and there's no more uh, bank uh, decline. And so the reason why I went to do this podcast is I wanted people to be taking control of their financial lives. And this is an important and very, very powerful way to take control back of your money. 
there's no more decline from the bank and no more donation of a kidney to get through an application. Because you control your money, you can access cash whenever you want, how much you want, whenever you want, for whatever reason you want. The cash sitting inside the cash value is very liquid. And so you can go to the bank or any financial institution and collateralize it against a line of credit. And it becomes liquid very, very quickly. And as Terry mentioned, you can get up to 90% of the value of the cash value. But remember that the cash value and the amount sitting inside uh, that policy keeps on growing. So it never reaches zero. So it continues to grow forever as long as you have that policy uh, in force. Due to that and due to the growing amount of money, uh, it is a very, very safe way to supplement any cash flow issues that you may have on any given month or given year. And, and Vu, I, I really just like to jump in and reaffirm that point that as you borrow against the cash value in that policy, your cash value is still growing. And like you said, it's, it's going to keep growing up until one point. And that's the day that you die and it won't matter to you afterwards. Uh, but, uh, it's a very uh, it's a very important point that um, I think people really need to uh, understand clearly. Another advantage of this strategy is that this is a very very safe way to save money and not to invest because remember these are apples and oranges. Saving money is not the same thing as investing money, and so this strategy is a very safe way to save money at a high interest. When you think about current GICs or current T-bills, they offer 1% to 2%, whereas in this strategy, you're getting 525 to 6.35%. So high interest saving strategy with less risk and almost no loss provision. So save slow, that is very, very competitive with rates. And Vu, I, I'd like to just jump in again. And I really like your comparison of investing versus saving. And in this respect, saving is really about the accumulation. You're accumulating value, uh, wealth along the way, where investing is you may accumulate, but also what you're bringing in with investing is volatility. And that volatility can range uh, in many ways and quite drastically depending on the underlying investment. So it's really the concept, you're not investing here, you're accumulating, you're saving, and that wealth will keep growing again until that, that point where it won't matter to you at one point. Yes, um, this asset is a growing asset. It never comes down. Whereas with investing, there is a risk of coming down and a risk of depreciating asset. And speaking of that depreciation, when that volatility hits, it may hit at the worst time. And uh, so that's, that's literally like getting caught with your pants down. You really don't want that to happen. 
your strategy, the strategy we talked about today, really takes that out of play. You are absolutely right, Terry. As an eMERGE doc, I've been caught with my pants down way too often. And so I really don't want to have that in my financial life. So I think this is a great segue into another pro of this product, is that it is not correlated to the volatility of the market or even the real estate market. So both the stock market or the real estate market can go up, but it can also go down. Whereas in this particular uh, product, uh, it never goes down, it only goes up and accumulate. There are three more advantages that I really want to talk about that uh, most people don't think about. One of them is the guarantees. So in this particular strategy and with the cash value, every money, once it's put in into the policy, is guaranteed. Another advantage is that this um, policy and this asset is private. And so unlike other uh, assets that you have, your home, your bank account, uh, your investment portfolio, all those could be searched publicly and all those could be def determined and creditors can come after you for that um, because they can search it and they can find it. Whereas in life policies, these are not searchable. And so it remains very, very private. And so people can hold lots of insurance policies with high values that no public will ever be aware of. And because of that, it is creditor protected, which is very important because people can come after your house. They can come after your investment portfolio. They can come after your saving and your checking account, but creditors cannot come after your life policies. And so this extra level of protection is extremely important as we are trying to accumulate wealth to provide financial security. I think that's a very important point and that should not be lost on anyone that's considering using this strategy. And uh, just to expand on that in terms of talking about the strategy, this is really a strategy that uh, I would call avant-garde. Uh, you know, you're not going to get this kind of advice from your, from your average insurance broker financial advisor, even your CFP. This is not something that's taught in those types of courses. This is outside the box, completely legit. You're using a, you're using a product that is wholly sound, uh, private. It grows wealth over time. It's, it's, you know, it's a product that's been around a long time and not always understood by even professionals. So I'd like to thank Vu for actually introducing this concept today and going over the fine points. I think it's one of the best strategies out there for growing long-term wealth. And to, and to add, the strategy is likely not for everyone because it does take uh, focus, commitment, and perseverance and long-term vision. All righty then. So I think we've really... Uh dove deep uh, into this topic and I'm really glad we did it because after that whole series on insurance product this was just a natural progression of that to understand what you can do with it and so I'm very happy to have you on today Terry to uh, help us uh, clarify some of the points and also add your very relevant comments to it and so I want to thank you Terry again 
uh, for coming back onto the show and sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, and thank you. It's been uh, it's been great, and um, to revisit all the uh, pros and cons, and to bring the whole uh, bring the whole thing together uh, over the last few podcasts. It is my hope that uh, the audience uh, understands the different uh, insurance policies uh, and products and how they can protect themselves first to meet that first order of operation. Uh, so in that in that pyramid or that paradigm that you mentioned, uh, how we need to protect ourselves first and risk management. Uh, but this goes beyond that. This is about savings. This is the second level. And so we've we've hit two birds with one stone. So uh, I'm going to call it uh, goodbye for here. Uh, it's been a really enjoyable podcast, and I'm hoping to uh, see you guys uh, at a later date. So go and enjoy the day and the week. Cheers. Bye-bye. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.